Hi, folks listening to Suicide Buddies. Dave and I just really want to put out there that we definitely want you to take care of yourselves. If you are having truly dark thoughts, we really do recommend that you call 1-800-273-TALK. They are actually truly good, and they do give really valuable information and conversations back and forth. So uh, thanks for listening to the pod. Welcome to Suicide Buddies. I'm Dave Ross. I'm Hampton Yunt. And this is a show about... How do you describe this show, Hampton? We we talk about suicide (laughs) in a fun way. Yes, that's basically it. We talk about suicide in a fun way. One specific suicide, usually an episode. And also our thoughts on suicide in our lives, because we've been suicidal and are currently not. And we'll let you know if we are at yeah. some point, because then we should probably take a break. We will announce the episode <laughs> where we kill ourselves far in advance. Yeah, you'll that know. That will be promoed up and down. It'll be another 9-11-420 spectacular. <laughs> Still our highest rated episode. Well, I mean, the name of it is 9-11 Christmas 420. <laughs> I'm just saying, I called it. <laughs> I called it. You did call it. And uh, you know what? I live a life of no regrets. Thank you guys so much for listening. Also, thank you all so much for emailing. We've gotten a ton of great emails. Um, it's buddiesbuddiesbuddies at gmail.com. If you have any thoughts that you want to share with us on your life or on the podcast, or if you want to suggest a suicide in history for us to do. And also, please keep the... Reviews and ratings coming on iTunes. Tell your friends about it. Subscribe. We're still building the show, so all these things really help. And also, you know, if you know people that could benefit from Hampton and I, two people who've been through deep, deep depression and thinking about killing ourselves, joking our way out of it and talking about it, share it. Because what we want with this show is for it to help people. Give us the plug. That's what I'm after. I want you to go to the lowest person in your life the person who's suffering the deepest and go hey you know what you need it's a new podcast and then we want you to record you saying that to them send it to us and we'll use it as an ad <laughs> we're, yeah i'm already feeling like weird because it's like we're gonna maybe do a miller light ad i know coming up and i'm I, I like we already have done one for free in making fun of it by the way yeah it's basically you you want fucking drink the fucking drink but if you want to kill yourself don't fucking drink buddy but if you're feeling stable right now you better fucking drink you fucking <laughs> pussy miller light <laughs> yeah, so we're hoping Miller Lite gives us some money for that, basically. I would love a check with the Miller Lite logo on it, <laughs> written to Suicide Buddies. That would be fantastic. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'm going to frame that check and never cash it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's for Miller Lite, dude. It's Can like getting imagine? a check from the president. Did you ever think about like a business that would have like you know the one dollar that they first made always framed? Yeah, like it, times are so bad they have to like. Break open the last dollar. Wow. What would they buy with that dollar? (laughs) 
<laughs> like, well, how bad could it be? All right, we have $9,999 for a new machine that makes our stuff we sell. <laughs> we need, we need $1. <laughs> we need $1. <laughs> Yeah, we're not going to be able to sell pink doilies. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've let down my family. You know, I've been putting food on the table with these pink doilies <laughs> <laughs> since the late 70s. Uh, I've been putting food on the table. No plates. <laughs> I'm just putting the food raw on the table. Uh, well, that's Can't what afford I... the gas to cook it. Tell you what, though, I got a bunch of doilies sitting around. I should put the food on that. That's so funny, a dude who just cares about putting the actual food, food on, the on, the on the table. Yeah. <laughs> and every member of his family gets their own table because he doesn't understand. <laughs> I put food on your table and on your table. You guys get it? <laughs> he's a confused guy. Yeah, he's very confused. I'm pretty good at this bit. It's a good bit. I want to I wanna read an email. We got an email. Hell yeah. We get, dude, we get ton, tons of emails. We've been getting emails. a lot of great emails. Yeah. And uh, there was one very specific <laughs> you seemed to want to read, which I, really... I object completely to. <laughs> I love it. Is Actually, it the critical security alert by Gmail? We're, not, we're getting tons of those. <laughs> <laughs> we get a critical email security alert once a week, and I always ask Dave, can I read that as the email? We should we should read that every week on top of the one I'm reading right now. I want to say about this email Warning, I'm about to read. Everything you're doing is child pornography. <laughs> <laughs> buddies, 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 buddies at gmail.com. Warning. Yeah, we have a, a we're starting our Patreon this week, by the way. And we're gonna have a bonus episode. And the bonus episodes are called Child Pornography Buddies. <laughs> no. no, why not? Why not, Hampton? <laughs> I don't understand. But I like suicide and I, I like child pornography. I don't understand. I have the intelligence of a child. It's not inappropriate for me to <laughs> fuck a child. I am also as dumb as a child. Hampton, the only thing that stopped me from killing myself is when I fucked kids. Oh, then you should kill yourself. <laughs> oh, then you're like a bad monster. Huh. Huh. Well, hmm. I think that's bad advice to give people. <laughs> hmm. I guess those are your two cents. Yeah. Seems like that's something you thought and not me. That's pretty funny. A pedophile is just like, hmm, I guess that's <laughs> wow. your two cents. Well, I guess that we're just agree to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say about this email before I read it. We've gotten thousands of emails saying this exact same thing. <laughs> stop doing the pod. <laughs> Please stop. The subject line of the email is fuck Led Zepp. Oh, God damn you. <laughs> Look said, what you've started. Well, and I, like I said, thousands of people have emailed me saying the same thing. Uh, one of them. It's enough. Yeah. It's yeah. been more than one. <laughs> I think it's actually just been one. In fairness, it's been one. Um, it's from a guy named Robert Plant. Um, <laughs> Please stop making fun of my band. No, he says I'm they very suck. sensitive. <laughs> and he wants us to listen to his new band, uh, The Robert Plant Experience. Dread Zeppelin. Yeah. Honestly, Ned are you Zeppelin. are you anti Dread Zeppelin? <laughs> I've never heard Dread Zeppelin. Are they like reggae oh, Led Zeppelin? Yes, they're wow. reggae Led Zeppelin. 
done by an Elvis impersonator. That sounds like the worst music of all time. Fuck you so hard. Dude, come on, man. I like good reggae, no, but... that's the best music. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I can't defend it that much, but like, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Live a little. Uh, I'll tell you what. I do really badly want to go see Blink-180 True. That's a real cover band. Blink-180 True Detective. <laughs> and it's just... It's just incomprehensible. All the like, what pedophiles <laughs> will be busted. <laughs> Blink 180. There's also Nirvana. I want to see them real bad. <laughs> oh, God damn it! I, I'm like, I hate music now. You don't like music. You're right. Okay. You're right. Dread Zeppelin does suck. This email is from Brian. He says. Fuck Led Zepp. It's nice hearing someone else say it out loud. How are we with Pink Floyd? I hate them as well. Well, wait, buddy. <laughs> they're good. They're they're objectively. Well, the thing about good. Led Zeppelin is that they're also like. It's not like I listen to them and then I think that they're. Like I get it. I get that they're a good rock band, but I hate it. <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, but what about Pink Floyd? Pink Floyd, I like, but I also think they're silly as fuck. They're like... Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I'll agree. And when people hate Pink Floyd, I'm like, yeah, I totally understand. Yeah. They, like, they have a whole album where it's like, go, what if we made an album where we played our instruments, but it sounded like squirrels talking? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they... Uh, rescue Rangers? <laughs> <laughs> they just made a Rescue Rangers album? Also, a lot of their... A lot other songs I have the same beef with that I have with I Rage <laughs> where it's just like man money controls everybody <laughs> all right you know, they like, literally do have a song <laughs> called it's like money <laughs> yeah. what the fuck is that shit money so hard to get in put in your pocket <laughs> spending money it's hard <laughs> like yeah, yeah I get what you mean honestly and the, even all the of the, the wall you know what the thing is with Pink Floyd you need one person Person. And it's almost same with Ze Led Zeppelin. You need one person who's cool in your life who just goes, hey, wait, listen to this. Yes. Like, check it out. Like, with Pink Floyd, like, Rory Scoville played me The Wall on a drive back from a thing, and it was, like, literally one of the most beautiful experiences. I was high, but it was literally one of the most well, beautiful the experiences great. of my life. Yeah. And, like, him just kind of going... Uh, it has this other meaning. Like he would occasionally like chime in, and go like, "Did you like that? That was about this." And I was like, "I know that sounds like almost condescending, but for some odd reason, it was like one of the best experiences of my life." Well, I also think that the wall is is one of the one of the things they made really well as a metaphor. Mm -hmm. Like another brick in the wall as your. <laughs> they mean like, a roof, but they're talking about a wall. <laughs> it's a metaphor. Yes. They're a, they're a roofing band. <laughs> they really like, just like Led Zeppelin really likes orcs. They really love uh, construction. Yeah. yeah, they were originally called wet shingles. <laughs> and then, um, <laughs> no, like that's a great metaphor for the build, like the yes. building of problems in your psyche, yeah, uh, or the building of a broken psyche, right? Yeah. But then, if you watch the movie The Wall, then they didn't try to make it <laughs> metaphor at all. Yeah, I forget just, that one. It's just like there's like a mean teacher who's like, <laughs> yeah, that's all I remember. Ancient pudding. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> S school is fascism. Yeah. Why can you have any meat if you do? You know, I, can you be imagine someone that dumb? 
Like, Dude. clearly, you just got in a rock and roll band at like, you know, 15, because you're like, school is the devil. <laughs> yeah, totally. Scoot, too quit trying to teach me geometry, Hitler. <laughs> there's this band, there's this punk band, The Queers, and I loved them for a long time, but then I found this album of theirs that I hadn't heard that they wrote. It was they like their second album. They sound gay, dude. Yeah, they're fucking gay, <laughs> and that's why I hate them now. Okay, moving on. Miller Light. Uh, <laughs> um,. No, they, um, I love them. All their songs sound the same. It's just like, yeah, they love the Ramones. They're like, uh, mm-hmm. the Ramones squared. But then one of their <laughs> early albums, one of the songs is, uh, grounded in, I don't know what to do. <laughs> grounded in, it ain't so fucking cool. And I heard that and I was like, oh no. <laughs> Wait, okay. You're making a really interesting point almost that is like, what is it about punk? Yeah. Like, say the Descendants can literally write a song about, like, homework sucks, I hate my dad, blah, blah, blah. and it's like, cool. Right. This guy has nothing. He's He is writing songs about, like, cereal and his parents and well, shit. Well, I think what it is is that That's the, okay. It's kind of cool. I think the Descendants are exempt because they were actually really good songwriters. Hmm. And whereas every other band, like, the sound... The sound of punk in general is really exciting to you if you're into that kind of thing and you let a lot of things go. Yeah. But if the sound is that regular punk sound and there isn't much talent and they're singing about bullshit. Yeah. Whereas I let it go with The Descendants. The Descendants literally have that song on Milo Goes to College that's like, uh, parents, why won't they shut up? <laughs> like, oh, no. Come on, dude. Can you imagine if his parents heard that? <laughs> How mad they would be? They would ground him, Dave. Yeah. I love that. It's like, I hope they don't hear this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I hope my parents listen to every episode of my podcast and disown me every episode. Me too, dude. That's punk. This week on Parents Buddies. <laughs> We both have parents, and we both think it sucks. <laughs> anyway, the realest punk is Avril Lavigne. I Her agree. name means April Lavigne. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to be an idiot. That's so great. I want to be an idiot for the rest of this um, episode. I want to finish reading Brian's email. Dude. Oh, sorry. We got way off on Pink Floyd, because I tell you mm-hmm. what, divisive band. <laughs> yeah, totally. Everyone hates them. <laughs> Uh, thank you guys for the podcast. You're welcome, Brian. The end. <laughs> thank you guys for the podcast. I feel like you guys are making the concept of suicide more discussable, and I love that. But then he says this, and I hope that someday, so how would you do it, can become a pickup line. <laughs> the, uh, bad call. <laughs> yeah. I hope that doesn't... Well, number one, don't have pickup lines. <laughs> yeah, totally. That's a disastrous way to go about dating. But uh, also, don't double down on suicide <laughs> as your go-to. Hey, so uh, I've got a noose built for two. <laughs> Wouldn't that be kind of cool to have a Yeah, I mean, noose? to clarify, we're not trying to normalize suicide. And I really hope no one takes that from the show. Yeah. We are trying to help you through it. Everyone, please don't. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, Dad, I'm going to fucking kill myself. You want to talk about it or what? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dave Hampton, just want to let you know, my entire family killed themselves, and that's because of you. High Thank five. You. High five. High, high five. five. My um, name's High Five. My first name's High Five, and my last name's High Five. <laughs> that sounds like the coolest person I've ever heard of. Hey, what's up? High three, five, high five. Three, five. I'm a three hugger. <laughs> 
You are fucked up right now. Yeah, dude. I took, you are fucked up on emails. I took so much NyQuil this morning. <laughs> Dave, you are getting over being sick. Yes. I, I thank you for being here. Thank you. And coming. How, hey. How's it been? The sickness? Yeah. Are you down with the sickness? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Not good shit. <laughs> Not good. God damn it. <laughs> oh, I don't man. know. I was genuinely I'm concerned sick. about your health. <laughs> I was genuinely concerned about your health. And you're not anymore? No, now I'm not because you toyed with me. <laughs> well, I love to toy with my pawns. <laughs> That's how I think of Ampton. Chess is my favorite toy. <laughs> Uh, Brian, thank you for emailing buddiesbuddiesbuddies at gmail.com. And Hampton, thank you for the concern for my health. I, <laughs> It sucked. It sucked. But it wasn't too bad. It was like I just had to sort of lay down and vitamin C up for a couple days, and I'm, I'm, getting, I'm coming out of it. Yeah. This is about right. I'm not all doped up. I did... <laughs> I did take this guy's on goofballs. <laughs> this guy's whacked out on goofballs. Yeah, I smoked a bunch of goofballs last night, and now I feel better. <laughs> Every dude, time I get legalized sick, go- I recreational just... goofballs. <laughs> yeah, dude, you can buy goofballs at Ralph's now. <laughs> uh, the only thing that makes me feel better is sucking Hampton's dick, <laughs> and so I did that. And I want to ha- thank was Hampton that for that. Because I was just now manspreading. I don't know. Maybe that is what made me think of it. He was manspreading. I, I literally splayed out on the couch. And Aristotle opposite. is refusing to look, but we think he should look. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll I'll restrain my masculinity. Dude, you don't have to restrain any part of yourself. <laughs> Not- when I'm on a subway, I just start manspreading across one aisle, and then I start doing cartwheels. With my naked crotch, and I, I own the entire subway Dude, train. what I do on a subway is I go straight to where the driver of the train is and start jerking off. <laughs> We're going downtown. Yeah. If you stop, if this train goes under 55 miles per hour, <laughs> then I will jerk off onto your face. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Speed. 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 Yeah, speed three, jerking <laughs> off. Um, well, seems like the show's over now. <laughs> it ends every episode at least once. Uh, we could tease the... Uh, let's tease. Let's tease the suicide. I'd like to tease. Uh, Dave, are you much of a comic book man? No, I'm no? not. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, then this is going to suck. Okay, great. Honestly, if anybody who listens to this is not 100% into comic books, this will be the worst episode <laughs> of your life. Great. No, but it is about uh, the creator of Plastic Man, uh, Jack Cole, who uh, killed himself in uh, 1958, and uh, he's had a, an amazing career. Since then? <laughs> it took off <laughs> Wow Posthumously took off Nice uh, Cool man I'm excited Yeah I guess we'll see you guys After the break Sure Doesn't 
Okay, Dave, we're back. Back where? Uh, we're going to Fuddruckers. Whoa! Dude. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get a burger that was mailed across the country in a bag. <laughs> oh man, it's like a ransom burger. <laughs> yeah, I need each part of the burger mailed from different states. <laughs> Eat this or it dies. My favorite, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite thing about Fuddruckers when I was a kid was to just call it Buttfuckers. Yeah. Well, it, and then Idiocracy did that. You saw oh, it? did they? Oh, that was a real thing. Yeah, they... the. Oh, they just made fun of that joke. That yes. Everyone used to do that. Everyone said Buttfuckers. Why did they call it Fuddruckers? I thought Ruckers? I came up with it, Dave. I thought I came well, up with yeah. it. Well, yeah. I hope that that <laughs> joke is why you started stand-up. Buttfuckers, I'm a genius. Okay. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. That movie ruined my career. Guys, listen, like we're going to talk about how this guy, uh, Joel McHale, killed himself in just a second. <laughs> Close. Close. Not as buff. Uh, uh, not as buff, but... Our suicide this week is Jack Cole, a famous uh, legend in the comic book industry. In the comedy book community. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, He I'm wrote sorry. a book called Community, and now he's a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> Dan Harmon uh, yeah. wrote his life. There was a lot of seasons of so that book. There's a lot of drinking in his life and a lot of being emotionally abusive. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Community is this docu series about a man getting divorced. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, that's actually so funny. I was just watching Community over like the weekend, and it's like, yeah, it, it really is just like, oh, the mental problems he's going through. Really. <laughs> Kind of. Anyway, we're a big fan of everyone at Starburns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, fuck. I fucked this up right away. <laughs> um, um, yeah, no, our guy is uh, Jack Cole, and uh, he's he's really interesting. I mean, he killed himself. That is interesting. <laughs> yeah, that alone is interesting. Hampton, before you get to that, I do mm -hmm. want to say briefly, our Patreon just launched. Oh, that's right. Patreon.com slash Suicide Buddies. Mm -hmm. Unless between now when and 15 minutes from the recording, <laughs> when we uh, sign up for everything and they fuck us on the URL somehow. <laughs> um, our Patreon is up. We just want to say that briefly. Um Sign up for it. You have to, or we'll kill ourselves. Dude, oh shit! I, I, ISIS already registered the Patreon, dude. Uh, what? ISIS took it. Oh, so we now. Well, what we have to do is get Patreon.com/slash ISIS. There we go. It's bulletproof. Uh, so guys, go to Patreon/slash ISIS. Uh, right uh, now, we just have five dollars a month uh, for subscribers because we know you're poor and. Uh, <laughs> Uh, we can't commit to much more than bonus episodes a week at the current moment. Um, yeah, so if you like this show and you just want more of it, that's this is why I feel like it's such an egalitarian process with yeah. it. It's like, do you like the show? Want more of it? Then totally. Give us a little bit of money. <laughs> also, it's funny. We put a... a sh we didn't realize how much work we were going to have to put into this. <laughs> is I think, really the thing. There's all this research, and Hampton and I barely can read. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Functioning illiterate. <laughs> so I used to have a joke like about R. this. Kelly, which is on the bonus episode of our Patreon. We guys. get in a very real argument about <laughs> R. Kelly where I get deeply upset. It's funny. While it was it's happening, good, I was though. like, why am I so upset about this? Uh, no, I, but it's I fun. I it, That was good. Me too. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to be putting uh, a few bonus episodes out a month. 
and then maybe some other um, bonus yeah, stuff that whatever we think will make you laugh, it would be good for the podcast. <laughs> We're talking about maybe doing some ringtones uh, that involve dude, ringtones make me laugh, dude. When somebody's phone goes off and it's a Stewie Griffin voice, I love it, and it will just be that. It's, it won't be us doing anything. It'll just be an MP3 that goes, "What the deuce?" That's it. <laughs> I'm a family guy. <laughs> it just is his voice. Saying nothing important. <laughs> Lois, I want to fuck you, or whatever the dog does. <laughs> oh, jeez, oh, Lois, we're being made into hentai. Oh, jeez, dear Lois, my dicks and all my family. Hibbity, hibbity, quagmire. I don't remember the voices. Yeah, <laughs> it's mostly racism. <laughs> that reminds me of Ridiculous Day down at the deli. I'm, I don't remember the voices at all. <laughs> Well, I'm the know, black guy. Well, you know what? <laughs> Lucky there's oh, a black no. guy. That's what it is. That's ridiculous. Right? I'm very good at comedy. This is better comedy. than Family Guy. So Joel McHale is a comic book artist. <laughs> Do not invoke the wrath of okay. Joel McHale. He's very tall. <laughs> you seen tall. him on stage? Yeah, he's the exact <laughs> same height as Osama Bin Laden. What? Weird. Whoa. Both tall dudes. Man, imagine how tall he'd be with a turban. I <laughs> don't <laughs> <laughs> That's, Dave, that's just hiding more skull. What? That's what a turban is? <laughs> they all have pinhead Man. syndrome. Like Zippy the pinhead. Dude, I gotta tell this to the boys at the deli. <laughs> at the deli at docks. The deli. At the docks, we got a deli. Down at the docks at the deli bagel. Hey, <laughs> welcome to the pizza deli bagel. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So uh, to get into the suicide, and honestly, a lot of this humor, like straight up, just comes from like this guy setting up a basis of there being humor in animation, like making good really professional. Yeah, adult humor. you were telling me uh, before we recorded, which is right now that we're <laughs> recording, uh, so it had to be before uh, that, like that he sort of started the trend of modern comics being really engaging right yeah like trying to hit an adult audience as well as a child audience and just engaging people with art and humor on like many levels you know because so, this guy existed okay first of all let's just do the suicide right he yeah. killed himself in 1950 something yeah, it was 1958 uh okay by crystal lake illinois jason Voorhees, uh Whoa. country oh so. wow it doesn't sound like a suicide to me <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's weird how he killed himself. He put a harpoon through his eye. Yeah, weird. And his suicide note was a hockey mask. Then he punched his head off. Did you ever see that Jason Voorhees death, like where he punches a, a dude's head just off? No, but it's that's so funny. Wow, that, finish him. That's yeah, so basically. Great. Like, I felt like at that point they were just so bored. They're like, I don't know. Like, he, he punches, just punches his, head. his head off. I don't know. He ran out of knives. <laughs> uh, so, so he, he, yeah, he, he shot himself in the head with a rifle he bought earlier uh, that day at a hunting shop. Which, so boo See, hunting Hampton, shops. This is why we need gun control. <laughs> <laughs> it actually is no, he, why we need gun no, control. He kind of did it the right way. Like everyone at the oh. time would have just assumed he was, you know, going on a hunting trip for the weekend. That is the right way. I mean, a 22 <laughs> is like a really low caliber. 
Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> he shot himself in the head 5,000 times with a BB gun. He shot himself with a potato gun. Repeatedly. Oh, I wonder if anyone's ever killed themselves with a potato gun. What a oh. way to, they just put you your could. lips around a PVC pipe and just. Oh, are you talking about the big ones? Because I'm both sad and hungry. Oh, I was talking about one of the child potato guns. There's a child potato gun? Yeah, you used to have this thing. It was uh, like very antiquated. You'd like. Stick it into a potato. It would take a little section of potato out, and it would like pop it towards your friend. Oh, and then no, I'm crazy. talking about one of those things yeah. that can legitimately <laughs> yeah. kill people. Crazy nerds <laughs> found a way to make a potato kill a tank. Yeah, <laughs> with some PVC pipe and drugs. Yeah, I, I, we should look up how to make a potato gun, and then not say it on the podcast so people don't make it at Dude, Kirk our. Kirk killed himself with a potato gun. <laughs> That's <laughs> true because he's Irish. Yeah, he is. <laughs> He was like famine my ass and then <laughs> 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 Courtney Love loved potatoes. <laughs> and uh Jack Cole, when he, he did it that day, he mailed off uh two letters, uh one to his wife, uh about you know why he wanted to kill himself. Mm-hmm. She never disclosed it, and the other letter was to Hugh Hefner. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, because Hugh Hefner, like for the latter part of his working life, he worked for yeah. he made Playboy the Playboy yeah, cartoons, he invented right? Erections. Wow. Yeah. Whoa, dude. Well, yeah. not we'll talk about it later, but not, you know, real ones. <laughs> What's your definition of a real Oh, I see. Yeah, cuz he's cartoon form. Well, he's kind of impotent. <laughs> like a little impotent. Yeah, I think we get into that. Yeah. I mean, he um he did work for Playboy later on and he basically helped define all of their sensibilities. So just this guy's importance is that he truly was this like artistic, severely artistic genius. Is that appropriate? Severely artistic? <laughs> How can you be severely artistic? I always just like to say that. <laughs> Your son's artistic. Severely artistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, dude, I used to do a joke where that was basically the setup. And then it was like, that's basically what parents should be like, sit down by doctors where they're like, you're going to have to pay for everything in his life. <laughs> yeah. He is severely artistic. <laughs> he is hyper creative. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, I'm so sorry. So, okay. But the suicide, he he lived with his wife, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And uh, she went off to work or something for the day. And then he went to a hunting store, mm-hmm. bought a rifle, a 22, yeah. went into the woods. Mm-hmm. Shot himself, and it didn't kill him, right? No, he uh, he survived the shot, which is really fucking awful. God I damn imagine. it! Yeah, which part hey, of his man, head did not he shoot nice him in? Shot. Do you know? <laughs> wow. Uh, do you know which part of the head he shot himself in? Um, the noggin. Okay. <laughs> This podcast is a lot of fun for me. I, I, I feel very, I, I don't, I feel don't very supported in my I friendship don't. with Hampton. And, <laughs> I mean, that's right a, in the noggin, I mean, you fucking loser. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good point though, because yeah, if you do blow out, like you know, we all know that story of the pipe going. He's like, through all right, I'm gonna head. point the gun right in my earlobe, and that should do the trick. <laughs> That'd be amazing. You go from earlobe to earlobe. It just passes seamlessly. Yeah. And Damn it. You're like a cartoon. He is a cartoon character. That's what I was going to say. Maybe oh it didn't God. work because he became a cartoon over time. The fact that he didn't kill the himself with an anvil is sad. In one ear and out the other. <laughs> and then he ended up shooting a bird on the other side of his head. You know, Jack, it's just in one ear and out the other with you. <laughs> yeah. That was the last thing his wife said. And then didn't some kids find him? <laughs> Yeah, he was found Stand By Me style. Whoa. Where some kids uh, found his 
uh, his body and got the ambulance to come, but he, you know he was basically dying, and you know he he was dead within twenty. They are the ones that called. <laughs> 911. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, dude, have you thought about that number and how it's the same as the other number? In a lot of ways, 911 was the best summer of my life. Feel you stand by me. Whoa, well, nine, D- Dave, if you sing 11, one more, if you sing one more line, 11, we're gonna have to pay rights. Nine eleven. Oh God, this is why we need the Patreon. 11. The Patreon's gonna help us pay legal fees. Oh nine eleven. Oh nine. Yeah. Eleven. Oh nine. Oh, oh, you're saying nine eleven. Nine, right. not um, nine eleven. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, he kind of had a pretty shitty way of uh, dying there at the end. But, I mean... Well, at the beginning, he had a pretty good one. (laughs) (laughs) At the beginning of his life, it was a good suicide. I know, like, obviously I want to talk about uh, his work life and uh, who he was to the comic book community. But first, I'm curious, like... Okay, so I'm just curious about the suicide itself. He Mm. Was he a depressed person was it documented that he was depressed well uh no in the sense of like he didn't go see any like uh, clinical you know psychologists or therapists or right he's not well, documented it was in the like, 40s yeah, well yeah so he would have exactly. gotten like beaten up it's like, hey you sad man take a take a drink of gin take a chill pill loser <laughs> <laughs> meet me at the deli doc and she go to the horses <laughs> bet on the ponies bet on the ponies i'm not talking about racing i'm just bet on these little ponies <laughs> That looks like the better pony. <laughs> He's got nicer hair. And then a guy walks up and goes, this one wins. <laughs> this is a cuter pony. <laughs> Aww. Oh, the mafia was fucked up back I then. I picked the <laughs> ugly pony. <laughs> we have um, word that you picked the, the ugly pony. Your family's going to have to be burned alive. <laughs> <laughs> You're in it deep. Okay, but there were like a lot of... Um, depressing themes in this yeah. guy's through, art right? through his work it comes in all the time like through the silly you know children's comic that again would have like adult themes like some of the adult themes would be depression and stuff like that like okay. one time there was a character who was just he had just such a sad face and he was crying and other people would see him and have so much empathy they would start crying Whoa. but he was almost like a super villain who's like I'm making everybody cry so I can ru- walk into this bank and steal <laughs> when everybody's looking at my sad face see so you'll never defeat the open micer <laughs> the guy who's openly we- weeping in public <laughs> I I, do I don't have a job I mean to be fair that's that's such a funny idea a guy who just makes people cry because he looks so sad, and he goes and robs banks with it. I think that that's <laughs> like the fact that that was a character in his comic books is is telling of just how creative this dude was. Yeah, and I like uh, before we talked about him, I had no clue who he was. Yeah, which is, I mean, I like before learning more about him, thought that that would be why he committed suicide. Mm. He was this like unsung hero Mm -hmm. uh, who never got his due. (laughs) Um, But that wasn't it, right? He got his due in the time. He's kind of forgotten a little bit. I mean, people who are really into comic books know about him, but like, you know, in the same way, like we know about Stan Lee, 
Yeah. And maybe some people have heard of Will Eisner or like Jack Kirby, but not a lot. But I mean, like, let's just say like Stan Lee or someone like that. Sure. You know, this guy, you know, created. He's like the Tom Rhodes of comedy. (laughs) I mean, of comic books. (laughs) He kind of like what's really interesting to me is like comic books were very like almost sterile before him just sure. like the movements on the page if you look at early superman comics they they suck right they're just so boring to it's look it's just at. like a panel of him standing still and then a panel of him <laughs> in a phone booth and then a panel of him standing still wearing different clothes yeah totally yeah it's like the the big shocking images it's just a man lifting a car above his head like Whoa, gee golly. Yeah, <laughs> you know, totally. Like, that was like an And the dialogue is I have a car above my head. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's running away. He's got that car up above his head. Yeah, and everyone in the crowd is Seinfeld, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he does What's love the deal dude? with that guy lifting a car? <laughs> <laughs> you see these people lifting cars above their heads? Seinfeld really jumped the shark in the forties. Do we need these people? <laughs> <laughs> is I, that you I always, addressing Jerry Seinfeld's politics? I always thought it would be funny if build like, a wall. Yeah, Seinfeld like like as a Nazi. He's like Jews. Do we need these people? <laughs> <laughs> Just get on who, the train. Who are these people? <laughs> so um, yeah, the you know like not only did he have like inventive storylines and like humor in like every panel, like he try and put a joke. Like the movement on the pages would like flow in like this very unique way, you know, like movement from one panel kind of leads into the next one, you know, either subconsciously or like literally. Wow. And he would just he treated it like a real art form. Cool. Most people were pretty embarrassed to be in comic books kind of initially. Really? Because, yeah, it was it was just not a respected art form. It was super cheap. No one was getting paid a lot. So if you even bragged about it, like everyone would be like, oh, my God, he's poor. Right. You know what I mean? Like, this Le- guy's got nothing. Man, just like stand-up. <laughs> uh, but, like, Jack Cole was, like, super, like, industrious. He came out of, like, just Nowheresville, Pennsylvania. Okay. And he uh, took, like, a... Which, by the way, is the capital of Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to be... Dave and I are going to be playing uh, <laughs> Knee Slappers at Nowheresville, Pennsylvania. <laughs> March uh, 9th through 11th. Um, <laughs> uh, come actually, I'm headlining a show at Buttfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> you get a free frozen burger. Fuck, dude. If we make ticket. money, I so want to open up a comedy club called, called Buttfuckers. Buttfuckers. Totally, yeah. dude. I'm and stealing it back from idiocracy. There's got to be it's at least my first joke. one town called Nowheresville somewhere. <laughs> Oh, are you doing the buttfuckers in Nowheresville? I think Pennsylvania does have intercourse Pennsylvania. Yes. Pretty stupid. That's pretty close to buttfuckers. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be playing at buttfuckers in intercourse Pennsylvania. Anyway. We should change it to, We should. is there a south intercourse? Huh? That's kind of like butt, buttfuckers. You get it? Get it? Uh, I'm trying. Do you understand? I'm trying desperately to get it. Okay. So he, he, you know, like he came out of kind of nowhere and he, he like just took a correspondence course in cartooning. Wow. For like a summer and that's it. Whoa. He never got any training anywhere else and he just evolved his own style off of that, you know? Cool. Yeah. So he's like, and then he really good. moved to New York to be, uh, yeah. yeah. He moved in 1936 to Greenwich Village, New York. And I, I'm not sure if that's still during the Depression, <laughs> but I think it is. So he's like, fuck it. I'm going to New York during like 
bad economic times to wow. be an, a cartoonist. I hope this works out. And he moved with his high school sweetheart, wife, uh, Dorothy, and they, you know, started their life together. Wow. Yeah. That's adorable. It's adorable. I also and, like, love super and then, adventurous to me. Okay. And then wasn't it when did he start working? Do you know when he started working for Quarterly Comics? Yeah, that was the the company that eventually gave him Plastic Man, but when he initially started there, um I think it was around uh fuck, I'm going to get the times right. I think it's 1943 at least when he came out with Plastic Man, but I think it was he definitely worked for them before then. Okay, but it was kind of like the work you'd get would be like ghosting on another person's comic, right? You know, so somebody who's got a little bit more success going on is like, you know, I I can't do all the panels. Like, just have this guy like copy my style. And was isn't it the way it worked that they basically had like sweatshop studios and they would yeah. hire a bunch of comic yeah. book artists, pay them nothing, and if they <laughs> came up with ideas, they would be like, great, we should make that idea, and then they own it. Yeah. And then they'd have everyone ghost on it. Yeah. And I mean, that happened to, like, the people who made Superman. Whoa. They got fucked out of their own character, and they never, like, really saw any money. Wow. For Superman. <laughs> and they worked there and still had to work on it. And then one time they, like, they argued, you know, like, give us money, you know? And, like, they got fired, and they went to, like, legal battles. These are the Superman people. And then um, one of them was so destitute, he had to go back and be like... Can I get hired again for like? And he got like way less money. Oh my! <laughs> like you know what I mean? It's God. like it's like tragic how this business has like mostly treated people inside of it. So Jack Cole is one of those people. Yeah, I mean, like he he's creative, and I think he wanted to really express himself. So when he finally got to get his own uh, strip with uh, Plastic Man, which debuted in Police Comics, which is, just lets you right, know the state right. of the industry. Up until then, it was like, this is a detective yeah. comics. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've read some of these, yeah. these old ones, where it's just like... All the panels are just like a detective in a room, and a and a woman is like, "I can't find my husband," and he's like, "I'll look," uh, and he just shoots her. Sure, yeah. There I'll he is. He takes the money. Yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, so they'd have like romance comics, and honestly, all these comics were selling about equally. And that's like, like not as that not very much. Yeah, not very. I mean, kind of, but like it would be like Western comics were maybe selling the best. Sure. You know, then it became like police comics were selling okay. So the superhero genre still is not really defined till about World War II with Superman. Like right, because really they gave popular and they yeah. gave Superman comics to the uh, troops. The troops in World War II. Yeah. I heard they'd give him Coca-Cola also, and that's why Coke got really popular. Wow. Dude. Coke had a lot of, still had cocaine in it back then, too. (laughs) That's how we fucking won, dude. Cocaine and comic books. The the troops who won World War II, they were like the entourage crew. They were all coked up. Hell yeah, dude. (laughs) It was, they were all turtle, though. (laughs) Uh... Okay, so yeah, and then in 1943, he comes up with Plastic Man that's yeah. a villain in the police comics. Well, he's not a villain, actually. He, I mean, the character is interesting because he's like a mobster who becomes good. Right, okay. He's like, he's basically a, an informant for the cops. He's a guy <laughs> okay. who can like change his appearance so he can go into any room and look like anything. Yeah, oh, he what can is, look what like ha- anyone. What's the story with Plastic Man? He falls in a vat of acid. <laughs> yeah, he gets shot and then he falls into a vat of acid and the acid goes in his pores. Oh and then he comes out and he's like stumbling around and like uh, monks find him and oh are God. just like 
make him better. And he's like, wow, these monks were really nice to me. I should be good. <laughs> holy cr- holy moly, my, my face can stretch. And it just kind of goes it from there. It can stretch and turn into anything. <laughs> well, that's where Jack is like, wait a second. I mean, he's by, f- this Jack Cole dude is so fucking inventive. It's like, there have been stretching characters before. But uh-huh. usually they're just like, there's something over there. I'll reach it with my long hand. Yeah. But he's like, okay, this guy can stretch. What if he became like a, a hot air balloon? Yeah. And then a car. And then he's a machine gun. And he's like shooting little hymns. Could he also... Like, just like anything's He could allowed. morph his face into being other people too, right? Yeah, yeah. That's so insane to think that he was the first one to do that. Also, was he the first one to have someone fall into a vat of acid? Because that's so common. <laughs> Dude, I'm falling into vats of acid all the time. That's exactly what I meant. <laughs> I just thought that would be funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Hampton's clumsy. He's covered in acid. That's the, the one thing. You know the movie Sicario? Have you seen it? Uh, no, actually. Sure. I love that movie. It's so fun to watch. <laughs> um, but there's a part in it where... Uh, um, Josh Brolin's character is talking to Brolin, Emily Brolin, Blunt. Brolin, Brolin, oh, Brolin. I keep Brolin, Brolin, Brolin. Yeah. It's impossible to have a conversation with you. <laughs> I, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, uh, there's a part where the, Benicio Del Toro's character is kind of nuts, and Emily Blunt is talking to Josh Brolin about like why he's, what the fuck, what it, why are you working with this guy? And Josh Brolin has this really intense thing. He says, he will work with anyone, do anything to get the people who shot his wife in front of him and threw his daughter into a vat of acid. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> and one of the things I thought when I saw it is like, vat of acid? Really? We're still doing this? That uh, happens to like 50 Batman villains. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Honestly, if you've ever even done acid, you should be a Batman villain. <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. Why aren't I a Batman villain? Yeah, um, I do love that that's just it. It's like... Yeah, dark man, that's what happened to him. Go get surgery, man. <laughs> yeah. Stop yeah, stop robbing banks with your ugly face. <laughs> <laughs> um, ah, my thing is I'm ugly, see? But do you know, was he the first person to come up with that as a plot point? I, I looked it up and there was one stretching guy before, but it was a guy who's like... I meant the vat of acid. Oh, um, I don't know, man. I think Batman maybe did that with the Joker first... Whoa, had Batman existed before this? I think so. Oh, really? Well, maybe. I don't know. I didn't look into Batman's chronology, so I can't... Oh, uh, okay. Uh, I can't say I really 100%. want Jack Cole to have invented the plot point of falling in a vat of acid. <laughs> that would mean a lot to me. <laughs> well, uh, he was like a real uh, real prankster, real fun guy, apparently. Cause really? The offices, like you said, are brutal, and they just yeah. wouldn't have AC during the summer in like New York City. Wow! So it would just get like smelly, awful, and they had horses. They all had to shit in the same <laughs> thimble. <laughs> this slop bucket that they all the, eat out of. They all had to shit in one contact lens <laughs> in, in the corner. If you don't fit it in there, then you're fired. Yeah, you have to shit a little bit at a time. You fucking loser. This is basically <laughs> hostile. <laughs> they just had all the artists chained up and they saw off their body parts and stuff. If you don't come up with a new comic book by the end of the day, you'll be executed. <laughs> Create Batman by the end of the day, or I'll kill you. Create I'm gonna throw Batman. you into acid. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, like I was saying, so they'd have like horse flies during the summer, this hot summer. And God. there's a story about him that he one time trapped this really huge horse fly, and he glued to the back of it a little long note 
that read drink Pepsi Cola. Like a string with a note on it? <laughs> yeah. Just so it like would go around the office like I don't know, like a good year blimp. <laughs> you do know that that story's not true, right? <laughs> Cause like I brought it up before. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's such a. It, it's too weird to almost not be true. I know what you mean, but the story is <laughs> that he trapped a fly. Yeah, probably. And then he kept cup. it still yeah. long enough to uh-huh. glue anything to it. Yeah, and he would <laughs> was deft enough to put a tiny bit of glue on a fly. What you're not understanding is he's Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, he is able to catch flies with two pencils, like chopsticks. This uh, is the early days of Mr. And Yagi. then keep them still. <laughs> keep them still. That's so insane. I hope he did do that. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it would seem like almost an odd thing to be to like. To make up. To make up. <laughs> I know, but it's so crazy It doesn't sounding. Like, make him seem that much cooler. <laughs> it's, like, it's more like, yeah, he did this really weird thing one day. That, yeah. I would do weird shit. At jobs, I'd come in as like a character. Yeah, <laughs> I trapped a bed fair, bug, fair, and then I glued a smaller bug to its back. Uh, that's insane. So there was just a horsefly flying around the office with a, like a blimp that said "Drink Pepsi." On yeah, it. and get this: that horsefly killed itself too Whoa. from embarrassment. Yeah. Well, I think probably it was heavy carrying that <laughs> sign. <laughs> How is he supposed to have sex with a lady horsefly? <laughs> It'd be funny. A it, mare it, fly, you know? Yeah, instead of a drink Pepsi Cola, it just said topless maids. <laughs> <laughs> or this could be your ad. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, little bit more clever. Yeah. So he basically spilled, all, I don't mean to say that, he spent all of his uh, creative juices at, at Plastic Man. Like he just stayed there for like. Eight years, getting you know gradually a little bit more and more money, but still it's comic books and no yeah. one's making a ton of money. Yeah. So he kind of is like not into the business so much, and then he does something that has like ramifications for the industry for the rest of time. What? Basically, what? Well, it, I'll I'll come back to this, but basically because of him, this is why there's all these superhero movies and like we just know about superheroes uh-huh. because he made you know other comics on the side and he made a, a horror comic uh-huh. and this horror comic was pretty disturbing like it was called Murder Morphine Me okay and uh, there's an image he drew of a girl about to get stabbed in the eye with like a needle and it that was like the sensationalist image. That this doctor used as his whole campaign to write a book, go to before Congress, and it's all just like comic books are ruining like children. Oh yeah, yeah. there's like a censorship campaign yeah. against comics because it's like people like him were trying to put adult themes in children's books, and then they're like, "What? Wait a second! This is for kids. Yeah. It's killing my son. <laughs> my son has autism because of this." <laughs> well, yeah, it'd be like kid, a kid like jumped out of the window wearing like a Superman, you know, blanket and then, you know, or like some some kid is gay and they're like, see, that's Batman and Robin. Like, you know, or like, wow, they're just like, you know, like, well, yeah, it's like how Marilyn Man- when Marilyn Manson, when we were kids, mm-hmm. that's such a softball too, Marilyn yeah. Manson. <laughs> it sounds like murder morphine me is the literally the exact same thing. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's so funny that it's like, this was the cultural equivalent of like video games or, yeah and i think it's funny it's like you know what it's bad fucking parenting <laughs> you idiots like <laughs> what do you think is causing your bad kid the, the i mean it's like bad shit's always existed that you could read or watch or enjoy 
totally. I mean, I mean, you can be a little influenced, but it's like the yeah, funny thing is that cr- like last week's episode was about Norwegian death metal and the, how those people literally murder people. <laughs> so <laughs> there is a little bit of validity to it. <laughs> um, well, there, I, I don't know. That's a sample, right? Because I mean, it's not like that's like a norm. It's not a norm, and it's more about Norway, you'd say, because there are all these nihilists who burn down churches. <laughs> well, and it was they, them, the the artists themselves who did the killing, like the fans. Yeah. There aren't stories of the fans doing it. There just aren't. And uh, sure. So it's like, absolutely. If someone's going to murder someone, it seems like they're going to be pushed there anyway. And if, just like if someone's going to commit suicide, it's not because of the art they were into. It's because of what else was going on in their life and in their mind that pushed them there. Yeah. And I, they I think, quite clearly should be yeah. cared for <laughs> yeah. instead of yeah. like ostracized and told that there's something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, like, I feel like you should be aware of what content you're getting, you know? Like, you should know if it's fucked up or whatever. But I also feel like it's, like, it's weird to be, like, well, because you read the fucked up thing. That's yeah. why he's fucked up. It's, like, I will no. say this. Since you are listening to our podcast, I, like, um, a thing that I, a lot of people love to do, but I definitely do, is, like, I listen to emo or uh, or other really sad music when i'm really depressed yeah and it's sort of like a chicken egg thing did i do am i listening to it because i'm depressed or am i depressed because of the music and it's a little of both i think because i get depressed and i'll start listening to it but then i'll it'll go on so long that i'll notice that it'll be keeping me down it's like a it's like a safety blanket. Yeah. I get used to, and I sort of like fall in love with that depressed feeling. It's it, even though it sucks, it feels safe because I'm used to it. Yeah. And uh, if I could implore you as another depressed person to pay attention to the art you're consuming and mm-hmm. see how it's making you feel, because again, we we're not yeah. gonna harp on it every episode, all episode, but like you don't need to die <laughs> and i think that we it's should true. say that every now and then yeah just so you're reminded that as much as we're laughing at stuff on this podcast the point is like we're here because we've had dark thoughts so we're able to process things that way we want you to get to the other side of it so if you're noticing something pulling you down whether it's like horror music horror comics right. horror movies sad music pay attention to it please and like, don't let it pull you further down. That's I, all I'm I, saying. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think kind of extrapolating from what I'm saying here about like, it's kind of the parents. Like say if you do play uh, like really violent video games 24-7, it might affect your mood. You know what I mean? Yes. But it's also like what shitty parent is allowing. Absolutely. That? So it's like when you become an adult, then that's where it starts to be like, hey, no one's really going to sit you down and be like, hey, Dave, you're listening too much to this music. And that's why it's like you need to But also, to really, a like, lot of people self-monitor. have shitty fucking parents, man. And if oh, you're yeah. 15 and your parents aren't helping you out and you're noticing yourself like angry all the time yeah. or sad all the time, like please do something about it. But here's the thing that's funny, like bringing it back around to what you were talking about. Um, these are all like you're all your own person. And these are all general concepts. A horror cartoon is not going to make you kill people. <laughs> That's you. If you were the type of person who's going to kill people, maybe it would remind you that you want to kill people. <laughs> I think is really what it is. Uh, yeah, maybe on some level you just want to kill people. You wanted to, and then you see a poster, and you're like, "Oh, it's okay if I kill people. <laughs> it's not the fucking poster's fault." <laughs> 
So with with Jack Cole and this, you know, was it embarrassing for him? Is that the story? Uh, wh- which which part? Well, because there's like this image that was used as an anti comic book campaign. I think it just sealed the deal of just being like comics. I've poured everything in. They really haven't given me much in return. Now I've kind of hurt the business. Oh, so yeah. what happened off of that book was they created this comic book code where now it's like if it passes the comic book code, it means it's sanitary. You know, like kids can can read it. But then it's like, well, the only thing that can like work with that is superheroes, like Superman, who's like. And really positive yeah, superheroes. Yeah, and very positive stories. And it would be shit like, you know, like racial lines being drawn where they're like, it's inappropriate to show this or that, you know? So it's like... What do you mean? Well, just like they were trying to monitor... It's like inappropriate to ver- show black people in the front of the bus. Well, imagine this like is... like that. Yeah, imagine this is 1947. Yeah, yeah. god damn it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's disgusting. Yeah, so it's like... Um, that kind of like ruined comics where suddenly it's like no more romance comics, no more, you know, police comics, no more, you know, like things that were on the line or horror comics, especially. So it's like, it just became way too sanitized for way too long. And wow. it's like, you know, anyway, so that's why you're seeing 27 superhero movies this, this year. <laughs> Wait, why? Cause it made them popular. It's like you oh. killed all the competition. Suddenly, the only comic book is superhero stuff. Oh, but interesting. It's like, but I love comic books as a medium because I think it's one of the most pure. It's just like yeah. words and pictures. So you can tell any kind of story. And a lot of my favorite series right now are like um, Saga or Paper Girls. And it'll be stuff by like Vertigo Comics. And they're just like weird stories, weird stories you know? Yeah. And they're great. Um, I don't know. So hopefully those will someday be... You know, big blockbusters. I'm sure they will. We'll see. <laughs> so, so Jack Cole says, "Fuck this, I'm out." Yeah, and uh, he's kind of just doing gag strips for for like little publications. You know, just trying to make ends meet. Okay, and like the stuff that's in newspapers now. Yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> nothing. Nothing in newspapers now. I'm actually just trying to remember that. I think towards the end of Plastic Man, he started making some more money. Uh-huh. Because I swear to God, he didn't get drafted into World War II, so he, I guess, was like more responsibility was put on him. Uh. So he suddenly he was already working a ton, but then it became like his sole thing. He made a little bit more money so he could like save up and go get a house, you know, oh, out, sure. out of the city, move out, you know. Yeah. So he starts sending off these gag strips to publications, and one of them is uh, basically Playboy. You know, it's like the early. Beginnings of Playboy. It was huh. called Stag Party. <laughs> that was the name of his strip? That was the name of Playboy before it was Playboy. Oh, the right. Stag Party. Stag Party. <laughs> That's the absolute worst name. <laughs> Dick Pile. <laughs> Sex Man. I, dude, I read, Sex for Man. I read Dick Pile for the articles. <laughs> yeah, totally. Check out this article. It's about how to pile your dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Pile on Dick Pile. <laughs> I'm Dick Pile. <laughs> that would be like seriously an old timey like either military or football name. Dick Pile. I'm Dick reporting Pyle. for duty. Dick <laughs> yeah. Pile. I'm rugby fuck. Listen here, ma'am. I'm gonna fuck you, and I'm gonna fuck you good. The name's Dick Pile. I've got forty meters of beef in my in my colon right now. I'm dying of seven types of prostate cancer as we speak. Dick Pile. Get out of here, Dick Pile. I'm pork shoulders. <laughs> Ah, ah, pork, you're always mean to me. (laughs) That's right, you're just a pile of dicks. And I got shoulders for days. (laughs) 
<laughs> pork shoulders and dick pile needs to be a comic strip we make. They solve crimes. They do solve crimes. <laughs> and dick pile, uh, he's the beta of the of the duo, but he always figures everything out. Ah, oh, cry me there, pork shoulder. You're fucking me in the ass, but I think I found a clue. <laughs> well, good. I'm the top. Give it to me. Here you go. That's his catchphrase. I'm the top. Give it to me. <laughs> I'm the top, see? <laughs> Power bottom and angry top. That's, <laughs> that's our comic strip. Power top. bottom. Angry top. Hi, I'm Power Bottom, the angry top. Wait, what are you? I don't, I don't understand I'm you. I'm a precocious middle. <laughs> that's my sexual preference. Be a middle. I just like to know couples. <laughs> and fuck them. Wow, you guys should have sex. <laughs> Me. I'll be the cream in your Oreo. <laughs> and this is our fourth Captain Cuck. <laughs> I'm married to him, but he likes uh, to watch that. me fuck couples. <laughs> so what do we Captain have now? Angry Cuck. Top, Power Bottom, Captain Cuck, and what's the the middle? What's his name? Oh, uh, Precocious Middle. Precocious Middle. <laughs> the Adventures of Angry Top, Power Bottom, Precocious Middle, and Captain Cuck. And the Cucketeers. And the Cucketeers. Um. It's 13 people who drive around in a school bus called the Magic School Bus. <laughs> okay, what were we talking about? Joel well, McHale? Hugh Hefner. <laughs> Hugh Hefner loves Joel McHale. And he loves Jack Cole. Basically, what I'm reading for this situation is they became really good friends. Uh, Joel McHale and Captain Cuck? Jack Cole. <laughs> Jack Cole and Hugh Hefner became really good friends because it's like Hugh Hefner basically always wanted to be a cartoonist and he just never was good enough. He was like, what do I love second? Exploiting women. Off. <laughs> Building an, a criminal empire off of women's sexual assault. It seems like just a... Just him throwing a hissy fit. Well, if I can't draw comic books, I'm just going to wear a robe. I'm just going to wear a... <laughs> oh, my God. You have to just became crazy depressed. Just a little fucking dick. And women... That's why women fuck him. Because he's wearing a robe. He's, he's mysterious. He's sad. He is mysterious and sad. <laughs> I'm going to buy a mansion and always wear slippers. <laughs> I like boobies and nothing else. Nah, I have very mixed feelings about you, Hefner. I mean, it's like... Do you? Mostly negative. Mostly. I just... It's I'm like completely apathetic, so I don't care about making fun of him. That's how I feel about it. I, I love when he died and everyone was like, this man was like a feminist icon. I, that was insane. And I just posted photos of him uh, hanging out with Bill Cosby recently. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, this guy. This is the guy. <laughs> The guy who like evangelized fake boobs <laughs> and like the shape Dude, of it, a woman every day. <laughs> he's like a large part of the reason we have this. Yeah. This like fucked up culture. This fucked up culture. This exaggeration of a, of the female body that we're all supposed to like. We're like no waist, huge boobs. I'm a feminist. Well, fuck off, dude. I, <laughs> and Jack Cole kind of helped with that because what you think of with like Playboy cartoons, they definitely always have this style of like thin waist, big ass, like big tits, like hair, crazy. Like, really, that was like he would draw that. Well, I don't that, like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. I th the funny thing is, is like I think this job kind of is what killed him. What led to him really severely getting depressed. Do tell. Well, it's like he'd put in like depressive stuff in his comics before, but now he's writing 
comics, you know, joke comics for Playboy once a month. And it's like, they say he, he was very likely impotent. Uh, he couldn't get it up. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Miller! <laughs> Dave. Shrink Miller Light! <laughs> Dude, his dick don't work. Dude, Dave. what? Excuse me? <laughs> That's not something I, I accept down here at Pizza Bagel Deli Docs. Nowadays, <laughs> nowadays you can get so much fucking help. <laughs> with Excuse that. me, I'm from Boston, New York, and we. <laughs> and if your dick don't work, you don't get to be a firefighter. <laughs> we spray down the fires with our dicks. <laughs> Everybody in my family always has a bone, and we go down there, we punch the towers. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the Twin Towers. Not even every, Twin, just two, yeah. Tower. They're these two gay guys they know. <laughs> um, but, I mean, basically, what there's a lot leading why people believe that, but, like, they didn't have, him and his wife, uh, been married since high school, didn't have any kids. He apparently loved children and, yeah. like, always talked about how he wanted kids. Well, yeah, I mean, also, the culture of then is, like, you get married, you totally. have kids. And if you're a man in the 40s, going into your 40s and 50s, and you don't have children, mm-hmm. I'll bet you everyone around you is like, what's wrong with it, this it guy? It really is like a yeah. mark of like, what's your worth as a man? Yeah. And I mean, it's like, you know, it's it's fucked up that he took it that way and didn't, you know, I don't know, expand, you know, his own mind to kind of be like, wait, why why am I attaching, you know, self-worth to that? Yeah. You know, well, also, there's so many things you can do th- with your life. You man, know? I can entirely see how the combination of those things would drive a person to suicide. I mean, there's no knowing how many factors there were, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, the being impotent thing, like, first of all, even if you are, like, impo- if, if you are impotent in 2018 in Los Angeles in a liberal bubble, it still sucks. <laughs> For sure. Because, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I wouldn't know, you know? Because I get a, right. a really fucking... <laughs> Yeah, I got a boner. Uh, yeah. For no, you know but, what I'm but, saying. But imagine uh, you have to make a a girly, you know, comic every uh, month that's about a man, you know, performing well and like, you know, everyone's fucking. Well, but my point, and yeah, absolutely, and you can't, you know. But also, like, there's just the thing of like being a man. That type of thing like strips away at your your identity and your like sense of self worth. And the reason I brought up it being trouble even now is that, like, in L.A., we live in a culture that is completely – everyone we know is, like, whatever whatever you are, whoever you are, be that, we accept you. That is the culture I'm a part of every day. So if you're a man that is into sex or not into sex or whatever, or if you're any gender, you're accepted – and the culture is sort of like, yeah, oh, well, you can't get it up. Like, I if that if someone brought that up to me, mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, that sucks, and talk to them about it. I wouldn't sure. point and to laugh your at them. Friend, yeah, <laughs> right. The reason I'm saying all this is, I think it's important on this show about mental health to talk about it. Yeah, but like, as I said, I think it's less of an issue now. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that it is way less of an issue now. But even now, in this culture where we all are trying to accept people. I know for a fact that still I live in America and the culture of America is a man is a man and it would affect uh-huh. me. Okay. And yeah. so I can't even imagine how it would feel outside of LA. Mm. And then you throw on top of that that it's the 40s. Yeah, yeah. Completely. And so I'm just saying, like. Oh, yeah. I guess you're saying that no matter what, you can't escape that. 
Right. It's just in the culture. And the reason I harped on it like that is that like I think I think that there are people in our culture in LA who who are would be naive and would say what we wouldn't judge someone for that. Why would you feel I, affected that way? Because a man, we have all, we accept all genders and whatever. But I think that's, we, we, men are still still feel emasculated and still feel affected by the patriarchy in that way. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, the only reason I'm having trip ups and it's I don't want to get into like a. This would be a conversation for another episode, but it's like, I feel like L.A. thinks it's very. Like liberalism and getting tied to that as being accepting, I feel like are almost two different things. Because it's right. like there's so many people here that they'd be like, you know, get the fuck out, you know, of L.A. I, I hate this, you know, Republican Christian guy. Like it's not accepting that way, you know. But I didn't want to like spiral into that. Oh, you know? and we don't have to. And I think you're right. I mean, there's so much, so many ins and outs of that. And I agree. I think L.A. is now liberal to a fault, and we <laughs> should get into that at some point. But I just think. Like, if no, someone's I, yeah. listening to the show and they're impotent, I don't want to say, like, well, we're in L.A., so it's not a big deal. Yeah. I, like, I guess I want to say, like, that's not a thing we talk about a lot. If you're impotent, even if you're taking Viagra, even if you're surrounded by people who accept you, I know that that'll affect your psyche. And, uh, and just, like, any problem like that, I think step one is being, like, it's okay, not only that I'm like, that I have this issue, but it's okay that I feel shame about it. Because I think shame is one of the biggest things that can drive you to kill yourself. Yeah. You like hide it from people. You don't, you don't feel like you're allowed to have your feelings. Yeah. And I wonder if like, if Jack Cole was like really, really down on himself for being impotent. Well, like, what, step one what, of yeah. dealing with the problem is being like, okay, they, it's okay that I'm all fucked yeah, up. What they kind of recommend for this sort of thing is, like, honestly, humor. It's like, yeah. shame, it's it's what you're saying there kind of makes sense. It's like, you should feel shame, but humor is the device to which we alleviate the demons of shame. Right. It's like, if you can laugh at yourself, you're, you're going places. Like, that is really the way to get out of, like... Yeah. Because that's where I get depressed, and I'm like, it literally has to reach this, like insane absurd point where i'm just laughing at myself for crying mm. you know what i mean it's just like totally this isn't you know like helping well, you know sort of it's thing. interesting yeah step one is acknowledging the problem mm -hmm. step two is accepting the problem step three is being like it's okay that i feel bad about accepting it yourself and then and then laughing about it yeah. totally no. and i I think that's important because I'm 30 fucking five, man. And it took oh, me to... Oh, God. It no. took me... <laughs> God damn it. it took, Dude, you got to work really hard. It took... God damn it. <laughs> I just attacked all your self-worth so Yeah. Better than your dick, I attacked your career. I just... Uh, it... I, <laughs> well, I'm never going to talk again. I... Uh, I <laughs> No, I, it, I like in my mid thirties, and it took me until very recently to realize that I have been beating myself up every time I get depressed, simply for being depressed, thinking things like I shouldn't even have this problem. I should be stronger. Other people can do it, and that's like that just compounds the problem in a you, huge way. You know what's crazy is also a lot of like depressive thoughts are you just, I mean, it's just processing yeah. the, the thing. Like you do have to feel sad. You know, it's like, because yes. it's a sad thing. Yes. You have to get the sadness out. Yes, absolutely. You, know? you have to let yourself feel your emotions. Uh, that's so much, so much of um, 
modern Buddhist thought is that. It's like, ideally, I would not feel jealousy mm-hmm. because jealousy does me no good yeah. and it can hurt others. But I'm a human being, and so I have to sit in my jealousy. I'm jealous of Buddha, dude. And uh, yeah, dude, I wish I were fat. Like, I wish I were fat like Buddha. Can you imagine being a Buddhist who's just looking at Buddha? Oh, come and being like, on! Damn it, dude! I keep eating and eating. There's a statue of him at every restaurant I like. And I just gave like, oh my god. Uh, I get, that's so much the cliff notes and I'm sure I'm wrong about that in a lot of ways but it's like no, it's a big part right. of it it's like I have to feel this so I'm going to feel it but then in knowing I'm feeling it and accepting the feeling as it being okay to feel it then I can look at it and see the negatives and positives of that feeling mm-hmm. and be able to cope with it much better and let it affect others much less yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's important, I feel, to to go through the emotions, yes. you know, and just you have to be there exp- and feel it and then and then get yourself out because that's the, the muscle you're building is that like ability to drag yourself out of dark yeah. pits. Like that's like your arm muscles just Absolutely. growing over time. Dude, and it, man, I, like, I am now finally noticeably getting better at it and mm. I still get super depressed at times, but it's like that feeling of like, I just climb out of the well way faster, and it's such a good feeling. Uh, well, I'd say with um, Jack Cole, he never really seemingly addressed his depression. He just have depressive episodes. Some of his work, like some of the um, strips in Playboy, would be about impotence. Like that was a reoccurring really, theme. and uh, or just sad stuff. Like people want to kill themselves. And you this know? is like a sexual comic strip in a <laughs> sex magazine. Yeah, but he'd work it in. Yeah, <laughs> <a> sex <laughs> magazine inside of a pussy. Well, sure. I mean, <laughs> back then, stag party was the shape of a clit. <laughs> And no one knew where it well, was. Well, the, 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 <laughs> I can't find. I can't find the oh, magazine. That's great. That's great. <laughs> Scientists discovered the clit in 1973 <laughs> um, <laughs> because of Jack Cole. Well, you know well, he invented the clit. So it's like he's doing this. The clit was invented <laughs> when a pussy fell in a vat of acid. <laughs> <laughs> Clits the Batman villain. Yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> Don't touch me. I can't, I can't do anything me. if you do that. I fucking hate you. <laughs> <laughs> so he's I, he wants to be creative in another way, but this is where it seemingly is like, okay, he's not dealing with his dark thoughts and sure. stuff. So in 1958, his kind of last creative endeavor while also working at Playboy, he makes a comic strip, kind of scales everything back. He's just doing, you know, like a Calvin and Hobbes type of um, comic strip in the paper. And it's the comic is called Betsy and Me, and it's just about a couple that just have a new baby and how happy they are wow. that they have a baby. That's unbelievable. And it's all just, and it's like, was it funny? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's no, insane. No, no, it's not at all. It's just like, and, and I was so happy that day. I called everyone on the phone. Like, it's just oh like, my and everyone God. was like, George, again with the calls about the baby. Like, it's like, that was the level of humor. Holy shit. And people, like, if you read them, they, they read like the suicide note. It's just like, this is how happy my life would be if I could have my own kid. And uh, that will never happen. Wow. And so when he, you know, he drove off, bought a rifle and killed himself, he mailed off uh, 
two letters and the the letter to the, uh his wife uh is not never been printed she said she said he gave his reasons uh in in a statement she's like you know uh, my questions are answered but really she didn't elaborate and then oh, good. Uh, I'm glad she kept it for and herself. And then a, a year later, she was remarried. <laughs> Whoa. Not a judgment. But to I just... that gun. <laughs> but, she uh, married one of the kids that found him. <laughs> In a lot of ways, it was the best summer of my life. <laughs> she married Corey Haim. <laughs> she married all three boys. <laughs> That's Huey, Dewey, and Louie. <laughs> They're all pantsless around the house wow. <laughs> with their shirts on just like this. Huey and that's how Louis. she became the precocious middle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. I'm going to read this letter that he wrote to Hugh Hefner that did get uh, printed. And uh, we'll see what we do after that. Okay. We'll see. We'll, we'll, you'll see. You'll all see. You'll fucking my, see. My screen is so fucking cracked. <laughs> so bad. Dear Hef, when you read this, I shall be dead. I cannot go on living with myself and hurting those near to me. That's really fucking sad, man. That's like a very like just sincere. Yeah. You're just in pain, you know? Yeah. What uh, what I do has nothing to do with you. You have been the best guy I've ever worked for in all my years. Uh, I'm only sorry I leave you uh, owing you so much. Uh, but dear Dorothy, we'll repay you uh, when the estate is settled. He owed him 200 bucks. And he's just such a nice guy. He's like, I'm sorry about the 200 bucks. Whoa. You know? Uh, that's, that, I mean, he just seems like such a, like, a well, back then, passionate with guy. the value of the dollar, $200 was like $10 million. <laughs> <laughs> that's, honestly, that money saved Hugh Hefner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. His career. Stag was party like... was in the shitter. <laughs> <laughs> Stag party. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best in the years to come. Also, my best regards to Pat, Art, Ray, Joe, et cetera, et cetera, and all the um, other fine folks at Playboy. Thanks again for everything. Um, Hef- Heifer, you're a good boy. Jack Cole. Wow. I mean, that, I mean, it's just like, you know, I don't know. That, that, it's sad to me to read that. Um, but, I mean, it seems like, I don't know, a real good guy and yeah. just very depressed. And, yeah. You know, doesn't really know what to do about uh, not being able to have kids. And also his career, the strip wasn't super well received, the Betsy and Me thing. Like it was right. getting in some papers um, wow. and he just had his work with Playboy. And it's just like, you know, what's what's life, you know, right, at what, that point? I'm not rising. Just, That's a weird just feeling. aging and getting to be about that age, you are like, you know, that's typically where next. you have your midlife, you would have your midlife crisis. And it's like, well, there's also a weird thing in any artistic field where, like, if you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah, and absolutely. You and I have both felt it. Like, you have years where it's like, okay, well, I haven't uh, done something <laughs> newer or bigger in the public eye all year. Oh, yeah. I'm done. Better start a podcast about suicide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely, actually. It's time to party! It's party! Uh, and that's why you guys need to sign up for our Patreon. Yeah, guys. <laughs> because we uh, need the help. I think we're uh, we're winding down here. And, uh, folks, we do have a really fun bonus episode going up on the Patreon. And yeah. we hope you're enjoying the pod. And uh, it's please Patre- keep writing us. It's patreon.com slash suicide buddies. Our first bonus episode will be up there where we talk about the suicide that happens at the end of Last of the Mohicans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be doing movie suicides and other things related to suicide. And yeah, we're going to do like, like the suicide. 
Suicide Forest. Yeah. I want to do like statistics. Like I looked up like the top. I don't now. You don't look this up yourself at home, but I looked up like the top. You know, U.S. cities where people kill themselves and stuff, and it's not what you'd expect. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Number one, Milwaukee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Our so yeah. Patreon.com slash Suicide Buddies. Our first bonus app is up there. Um, we hope you support us. We're like, I don't know, Hampton and I, this is like uh, my favorite thing I do right now. Uh, <laughs> Definitely. And I hope you guys are digging I'd it really too. I'd really love it if this could be a, a job and you know we can make further content. Yeah, yeah. The more supporters we get, the more we can make. And thank you guys for writing. Please keep writing. And our first goal uh, is $1,000 so Dave and I can start getting Camaros. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, each Camaros cost $1,000 each. <laughs> uh, it's just on the road. Email us, buddies, buddies, buddies at gmail.com with suggestions for suicides and if you want to share anything with us. And please make sure to keep rating us on iTunes and reviewing us on iTunes and subscribing and telling your friends. Yeah. Guys, thanks for listening. And uh, please take care of yourselves. Yeah, take care of yourselves. See you next week. Thanks. See you, buddies. Thank you so much for listening to Suicide Buddies. We hope to see you again next week. Just a quick reminder, if you are experiencing suicidal thoughts, feeling like killing yourself, talk to someone, please. We take it very seriously. We joke around about suicide here because we've thought about it, because joking is how we deal with it, and we hope that it helps you. But if you're really thinking about it, we want you to stay here with us. Call 1-800-273-TALK the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. They're incredible. They're there 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They will help. You are loved. Thank you again for listening. See you next week.